Welcome to Funding the Dream on Kickstarter. I am Richard Bliss, 56. the Game Whisperer, and you are listening to episode 57. This episode has been underwritten by Ace of Spies, an albino dragon game currently on Kickstarter. To be honest, it's my game, my company. Uh, I didn't design it, but I'm publishing it, so please go back, Ace of Spies, on Kickstarter so that I can be a happy person. This episode is in response to, as it's come to be known as, episode 50, Rebuttal. Uh, my editorial comment that went out on episode 50 a little while ago has generated a lot of conversation in the Twittersphere, the blogosphere, and pretty much any other sphere that it happened to touch. So uh, I have invited on the show somebody who took a little bit of an exception and maybe a different perspective on what I had to say. And it's AJ. And it's AJ. AJ, you pronounce your last name. Porfirio. Porfirio. AJ Porfirio, who was the successful Kickstarter project, If I'm Going Down, a zombie game that didn't do nearly as good as Zombicide. No. No. Nor, nor Ace of Spies. Nor, nor Ace of Spies. <laughs> but no, AJ, Ace of Spies is failing. What are you talking about? Yeah, we'll, come, we'll, we'll hit on that, won't we? Yeah. So no, if, I, I do want to thank you for having me back. It's, I think it's been 52 episodes since I was last on. Something like that. So we, we were due. Yeah, well, speaking of do, how's the wife and new baby? Oh, very good. Thank you for asking. Yep. He's four weeks uh, this week, so but everything's going well. Mom and baby are doing good. Well, good, good. There's, <laughs> we're going to look back on these times and say, wow, you know, we went through marriages, births, graduations, you know, when episode 5,000, and I'm going to ask how he's doing at graduation off to college. So that's the way life yep, works. Definitely, yep. All right, so for those of you who didn't listen, on episode 50, I made kind of a put a line in the sand, planted my flag, got on my soapbox, and took a stand and just kind of went off about some stuff that I believed in. And some of it was valid. Some of it was maybe out there a little bit. So we're here to kind of talk about that. And AJ, uh, who's a very – AJ, would you consider yourself an active board game geek person? Yeah, pretty active. Uh, I, I I go there every day, so if that counts, yeah. That counts. If you go there every day, that counts. Yep. yep. All right, and you tend to write thoroughly, uh, if that's the word I'm going to use. And what I mean by that is, is that when you sit down to write something, you write it. You don't just spout off with a little bit of an opinion, but you sit down and craft a very well-thought-out article. In this case, you responded to my rant of emotion with a well-thought-out article. I'm going to, first of all, I'm going to cry foul that if I'm going to be ranting and raving and spouting off emotionally, you need to be ranting and raving and spouting off emotionally because this is unfair where I'm kind of caught in emotions. It's kind of like like when you argue with your wife, you know you're just going to flat-out lose when the emotion gets over, right? So, Yeah, yeah. And, and honestly, I mean, I think a lot of my, a lot of your points I agreed with um, but there were some key points that I did disagree with, or at least uh, challenge. All right, so let's talk about that. Let's talk about. Oh, you know what? I'm supposed to be keeping track of the time, so I think we've we're probably about three minutes into this. So we got to yeah. we got to keep track. So yep. t- tell me the points that you think you agree with me on. So, well, I, I, quick synopsis of the key points you made, and I had this in my blog on on Board Game Geek, which has a far smaller audience probably than, than your rant got. But um, 
the basically the points I kind of uh, summarized are number one, you know, Kickstarter's here to stay. I think we're through a point where we can say it's not a bubble. But two, the landscape of it is ever changing, right? Uh, and then you had discussed some strategies, right? Some some project strategies that you liked, some that you didn't like, um, and and we can go into those. But but you said you didn't like stretch goals. Uh, you weren't a big fan of customization, so like custom art or or basically things that can delay. Uh, manufacturing. Thank you. That's the clarification. I don't like customization that delays manufacturing. Right. Uh, and then you went in pretty deep into uh, the board game industry being "quote unquote" broken, as you called it. Right. Where you know the gatekeepers controlled everything, and it. it there's no money. The board no game capital. couldn't be what it what it should or could because of that. Right. And then a little bit about new distribution models, uh, specifically Amazon. Yep. Okay. So, what do we? What, which, so, one of those, which one of those rants do we talk about? The most interesting one to me is the strategies of Kickstarter. Okay. Uh, because I, I've seen some of the comments that you you kind of discuss, like, "Hey, I don't I don't like stretch goals. Why don't people just put up the game, let the game stand on its own two legs, and that be it?" Right. Well, no, actually. I didn't say that. And the okay, I, say what you said. Well, the reason I take that clarification is because there are people who have said that, and then I have said, okay, let's see if they're right. And so one of the things was the reason I don't like stretch goals wasn't that I don't like stretch goals because I believe that if you're going to do a project, okay, $10,000, if we hit $20,000, I will upgrade the game because the $10,000 was only to do the basic game. So now I will have nicer cards. I will have better artwork. I will have better components. Those stretch goals I am perfectly fine with. What I was arguing was the stretch goals that, wow, if we hit $100,000, everybody gets a new car. Oh, right. It, it, to me, that's like, really? It kind of, really? Kind of like frivolous stuff. Well, it's so much outside the scope of what you're doing. You're just now baiting your fans. And... Unfortunately for me, the baiting of fans seems to work really, really well. The fans are saying, "No, no, no, we do want just we want bread." So the bread, the, you know, the bread and circus. We want to see blood and we want to free bread. You know, it's like gladiators, right? I feel like the movie Gladiator. You know, isn't that what you wanted? Well, no, actually, they want to be entertained. Right. So to clarify, you're you're alluding to fact that your your project ace of spies has a forty thousand dollar goal right do you think which is where you thought it would land right like in the end like if you had set it at ten thousand you think with stretch or whatever forty grand is kind of where you would land i would land so instead of what a lot of projects do which is undershoot right and then try to just blow that out of the water you took the alternative approach which really i don't think hasn't been done at least not intentionally where you've tried to hit the number that you think you're going to land on. It's been done uh, naively, I'll say that, because there's yes. been a couple of projects, particularly one, um, Regina Glocker, who did the presidential game. It doesn't fall into the hobby game. It was a board game. It had, when it set its yep. goal of $35,000, it was the highest goal that, they had, that had ever been set and successfully funded up until that point. 
but they worked at it and it was hard for them to get to that 35,000. But yes, they set the number that they felt they needed. So yeah, I, I think there's a couple other examples. One that sticks out in my mind, uh, and I think probably still today is the biggest kind of comeback in board game history on Kickstarter is Divided Republic. I think it went from like 5,000, like not moving to 15,000 in three days, maybe. It was a very short time period. There was this huge board game geek uh, movement. It was kind of interesting to watch, and I, I actually was a part of it, but it was it was pretty crazy. But they ended up like, yeah, just kind of barely walking over the 100% mark. Right. And so there's been a few. So we tr- we uh, we decided we were going to try that. So when I said stretch goals, it was like, no. Okay. I'm going to deliver a top quality, top of the line, top artwork, top game. And this is how much it's going to cost. I'm not going to bait you because I'm not going to come out with a cheap version and then we're going to – I'm not going to bait you. So I'll just try that. I'll put it out there. What was the next one? Okay. So well, last comment on that. I think while some people comment and feel baited, I think the majority – don't they look at it as extra stuff this is awesome my return on investment right like board game players are very analytical and they think about that stuff they're like okay how much stuff am i getting for how much i'm paying and every time a stretch goal gets hit that roi increases for the backers right yeah so i think that's the one of the arguments right for stretch goals okay so let so okay so next one uh, the customization thing. That was one I actually I agree with you on, uh, despite my project somewhat benefiting from it. So I had you where you could get custom characters or custom zombies, and those reward pledge levels did pretty good. Uh, but exactly kind of what you say it ended up happening, and, and you know I miss um well. It's due in May, so I'm going to miss the deadline for for getting the game to folks by a little bit. Uh, And that's part of, you know, that's one of the reasons is it took a little while for, you know, to get the art and to get all the extra work done. Uh, And I loved going through it and the people who are getting the custom art, you know, I think are very happy. But in the end, I'm I'm not sure it was worth it uh, for the delays that, that came out of it. Right. So, and the key there is that delays production because what we're doing with Ace of Spies, I think that you've seen that. You can actually, if you send us your picture, we will create a custom card for you that goes into the game. Yep, I saw that. But it has nothing to do with production. The game's still being produced. Off it goes. Then, when we have everybody's likenesses, we will send an order to the shipper, to the printer, and say, "Please print all of these cards and send them back to us." Right. And then we will do the manual thing and stick them in a little envelope, and we'll send them one by one to each person who got it. So it has nothing to do with the actual production of the game. Right. So that's all. Yeah. So each person get is getting one unique card. Yep. They're not going into each copy of the game. That's right. That was the difference in mine is, well, most of them. There actually was one backer that got their own unique card, but most of them were actually becoming a part of the game. And I think the point I want to make is I don't think that when you're thinking about strategy for a project, you can't – you have to look outside of your own viewpoint. So even though we both kind of agree on this, I'm not – I'm still not so sure that it's not a – it's a bad thing, right? Because – there's kind of a nervousness, right, about how long a project's going to take. But when you're making the backing decision, 
I would imagine very few people are are guessing at when they're actually going to get the game. Yeah, you're right. Does that make sense? No, you're 100% right. And think about this. Um, you get to have your name on the back of the box or on the front of the box of a project that you really believe in. That's a big emotional motivator. And then what are you going to do with that game once you get it? What are you going to do with it? Are you going to show it to anybody? Yeah, you're going to play it and show it and tell your game group how you helped bring it to life. I mean, And that's right. And so what's going to happen to your game group? What are they going to do? They're going to want to kickstart something else, right? Or they're going to want to go buy your game. Or buy that game, exactly. So in essence, your valid point is, is that if, if – and here we're arguing on the opposite side of my statement, and that is – and for those people who listen to me and learn about me, uh, they, they think that I'm just like I have no morals. I do have morals. It's just that sometimes I don't take – when I take a stand, I take a stand to see if you believe in what you believe and will you challenge me and then how hard will you challenge me. And then if you put up a good challenge, then I might change my opinion. In this case, you're bringing up very valid points, and, and I'm also seeing those points. The emotional tie-in, the, the, the extra effort. That's why I always loved them, but – I've watched people forget that that kind of customization dramatically changes the ability for you to deliver the game to all the other people that you promised it. So one person benefits from their likeness, but everybody else suffers because now the game gets delayed by three months. And so that's kind of where I was at, but you're making a very valid point. And actually, I discovered that, yeah, I agree with you too. So one of the things, again, we're doing on Ace of Spies is that you can... Put your likeness on the front of the box. Okay. For a certain pledge level, it's expensive, but yeah. we will create and manufacture a custom box for you and actually change the artwork on the front of the box and send you the box. So now what you can do is take all your cards out of the current standard box and stick it into your box and then show all your friends. Oh, cool. Look who's on the front of this box. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I think a few projects have done that. Yep. So that's, there's some valid points to that. Again, I just was coming back to the people who are, oh, yeah, send me, like, I think of the Schlock Mercenary one. Oh, yeah, we'll put your name on the bottom of the box. So, and I, and yeah. I, and I counted it up. There were like 300 people on the bottom of the box. Yep. So there we go. In, yeah, so the, I think the thing to think about when you're thinking about things that may cause delays is you, you need to think about the repercussions if you're thinking about future projects because I can almost guarantee if you if your project's long delayed and you come out with a new one there's going to be people that think twice and remember how long it took them to get your game that's right you get away with it once right so that's so that kind I mean of, I'll be honest it's something I have concerns about because you know my project is taking a little longer but well my my partner out in albino dragons is Eric Dahlman who Anytime you hear him on a podcast, you realize he doesn't talk that much. Right, right. But, but he was the backer of Gene Grafter. He was the project yep. owner. And his latest update today explained to his fans that the game has been delayed, but not because he was distracted doing other games. And he has held up. We even held up announcing Albino Dragon. We released Ace of Spies, <laughs> but we, we, we hesitated telling everybody that Albino Dragon was involved because he knew that he had a bunch of backers that had been relying on getting that game and he knew the perception would be that he would have been off doing something else. That's not the yeah. case. That's not the case. And he explains it in his update. But that is exactly the situation where you, if you take too long, you're, you're limited. You can't come out with another one because people are like, 
dang, where's the one you promised me? Yeah, and one of the things I've I actually preached about and had a, a blog post on is to me it's you got to communicate. I mean, so many of the projects have had delays. What's annoying is when no one's telling you anything. Yeah. If someone's coming out and telling you, hey, here's we're delayed and here's why, I think the backers respect that. And that's the been the response I've gotten so far uh, for being upfront with, with folks. Um, but when you're you know not telling people anything, I, I guess the way I see it is if the backers come ask are asking before I'm telling them, then I feel like I should be communicating better. Yeah, it hasn't happened yet for me, but I've seen many projects where people are like, "Hey, can we get an update?" Yeah, um, it, it's happened for me, and it's something that I've had to recover from. Uh, my PAX Live event was a, a mess, and then mm-hmm. I came back into my work environment, and and you know my fans were like, "Okay, we understand there was a problem, but now you need to communicate with us." And so I can exactly. I can sense be sensitive to that. All right, we've only got a couple of minutes now. Okay. Uh, the other, well, I guess the other big point I disagree with, and we actually haven't even talked about this in our little pregame, but, uh, was the Amazon thing. And I guess that ties into your, to your kind of strategy of scale. Uh, and my point was basically that cause you use cards against humanity as an example. And, uh, honestly, I think that that's something more than simply the kind of how they decided to distribute it. Although I think that they've seen benefits from doing it that way. But I think that one is such a viral kind of word of mouth thing that spread uh, because of what the game is and the crazy stories that can come out of it. And, you know, you're going to just run and tell your friends this crazy game you just played and guess what, you know, this card said. That's right. uh, So, so here, let me explain then uh, on that cards against humanity, because I've had a lot of people say the exact same thing. Okay. So, about, so about two and a half years ago, I was writing about how the board game industry was broken and that the game shops themselves just couldn't handle any more games. And this is really before Kickstarter uh, became known in the board game space and known to me. So I was writing about this on my blog a couple of years ago. What Cards Against Humanity did is it demonstrated in a compressed amount of time what happens, can you be successful 100% online? Now what they did is they compressed it into a single year. Mm-hmm. Just they shrunk it down, and because it was so viral, it took off. But what it validated was, I'm not trying to repeat their viral nature of their success. I'm trying to repeat the business model of their success. And if I have the patience, and my project takes three years to sell 30,000 copies instead of one year like they do, all right, then can I do that? And that's what I, that's where I was coming from with this Amazon thing. So that's uh, so, but I can understand there are a lot of people who have differences of opinion, and I will admit, AJ, that I am not one hundred percent convinced I'm right. Yeah, the good thing, I mean, is it's not like you're locked into that forever, right? If you try it and it doesn't work, well, it's not like you can't go back to the normal distributors and and. Go so that route, that's right? right? So let's end. We have to end on that point, and that, and that's a valid, valid point. If anybody who's watching what I'm doing, and that is, I'm learning from the process so that now I have data points instead of opinion to form future uh, decisions. And you're right. I don't know. We we tried uh, free shipping, 
to see what would happen internationally on Ace of Spies. And there goes the timer, so we're out of time. Okay. But, and, uh, and just, uh, I guess, the last point I'll make on that is, and we had a little Twitter conversation, part of the kind of buzz you were talking about earlier today, and probably one of the best points that was made to kind of some of the questions I was asking was, what's stopping them from launching the project again if it doesn't nothing. succeed? Nothing. That's the answer. That's the answer. If we discovered that what we experimented with didn't work, I now have data points. I did something that nobody else seemed to be willing to try. I'm going to try this. Well, some of the things we, we had to put some things in place to make sure that we didn't end up getting burned because that's happened to other players. So when you see a $40,000 uh, goal, that's because what happens if I had 500 backers internationally? Okay, I got to make sure, or 100, I got to make sure that I have, there is enough money there that I don't end up having to, it costs me money to bring this game. You know what I mean? Yep. So those are well, some plus, of Plus, I mean, yeah, you, it could have easily been, you know, 80% international backers at this point. You didn't know. I didn't know. That's what you were trying. And if that was where we were sitting, we'd be sitting here talking about how brilliant what you did is and how everyone's going to have to do it now. <laughs> That's right. And instead it's, oh, well, I only got 20% backers. It appears to be mostly the same types of backers. But we're going to experiment a few more. I think we're going to try an experiment with the uh, multiple copies. Uh, I think we're going to try to experiment with, okay, let's see what kind of, of uh, different pledge levels. Because I, my project has a lot of time and I've got a lot of money that's been pledged. I got a lot of experimenting to do. So we're going to keep experimenting with this project because our goal, and we'll have to end on this, our goal with Albino Dragon, we have seven projects coming out this year and we want to make sure that we're not, that we, we'd love to be a zombicide or an ogre or something like that, but we have to count on figuring out the right way to do it and not simply strike gold and not even any idea how we did it. So that's where, that's our goal. AJ, thank you so much for being on the show and kind of going over these points. We never have enough time to talk, do we? Never. We'll do it again. Pleasure as always. Always. So you've been listening to episode 56 with AJ Porfirio and myself, the Game Whisperer, as we've talked a little bit about some of the things that have been going on with Kickstarter. Hopefully you've heard something that has inspired you or at least made you uh, slightly kind of scratch your head and wonder what we're in the world are we talking about. Go out. Put your project on Kickstarter so we can help you fund your dream. Everybody, take care.